Okay, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. In this episode, we have special guest Mary Abado. Growing up in Split and eventually moving to the U.S., Mary is an accomplished bodybuilder and the only Croatian IFBB Master Bikini in the world, as well as the Master Bikini World Champion 2022, and she'll be competing in the Master Olympia this summer. In this episode, we're going to learn more about her bodybuilding and her Croatian heritage. Mary, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi, thank you for ha for having me. Yeah, of course, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, oh, I want to talk. You. I want to learn a little bit more about you and, and your upbringing. Um, I know that you grew up in Split. Can you talk sort of a little bit about that and about your upbringing? Well, growing up in Split was amazing time. Um, those were. 1970s and then 1980s as a teenager. Um, I think those were the best time to be child and grow up in then former Yugoslavia. And um, um, growing up was very simple, but um, a lot of fun. Um, as a kid, we didn't have too much responsibilities. Our responsibility was only to go to school and bring uh, good grades. And um, uh, parents were just, um, if you know anything about Croatian parents, you know, they are very protective and sometimes overprotective and cater to their kids. So uh, as a kid, we um, just went to school and um, after school, um, have a lunch, uh, do our homework and the rest of the day was just for playing with the friends uh, um, in the neighborhood, um, in the evening, uh, come home when your mom calls you for a dinner before a, a cartoon. <laughs> and uh, that was about it. In summertime, when school was off, uh, it was all day having fun, being on the beach, hanging out with friends. Um, basically, very happy, um, carefree childhood. Um, I always um, remember fondly that period of uh, of my life. It was great. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so fun for me to be in Split and to be there, you know, for the summer and everything. I can only imagine growing up as a kid. How how oh, awesome. it was great. You know, we didn't have all the technology that kids have today. Uh, it was just uh, you and your bunch of your friends, and uh, you will invent uh, games. Um, we didn't have much, uh, you know, we didn't spend much time watching television either because um, there was no much program for kids at that time. I remember um, during the week uh, there was uh, only cartoon um, at 7.15 until 7.30 <laughs> before uh, news um, and, and every child in Croatia will then sit in front of television and watch the, that cartoon. So we all watched the same thing. We all did the same thing. Um, on Sunday, um, there, were, there was a little of um, children's program in the morning and that was about it. Rest of the time you were on your own. And it was so much fun because we had to be creative and um, uh, come up with games usually you know, most of the time, you know, cowboys and Indians. <laughs> and uh, after with girls playing the dolls and uh, um, just going to the beach and um, enjoying um, 
you know, um, nature and everything that that area could offer. Mm -hmm. So it was great. Yeah, well, definitely a much simpler time than today with all the technology and everything. It's different. But I know also you grew up with there's a lot of famous athletes that came from, you know, that area around your time as well. I know you wanted to talk a little about oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you know, that area is very um, it's full of talent, especially uh, athletic talent. Um, so um, in mid 80s, like 84 to 89, when I was in um, junior and high and uh, senior high school, um, there were a lot of new uh, talented kids uh, that uh, caught the eye of um, international scouts like um, Tony Kukoc, uh, Dino Raja. Um, they were I, we all knew each other because we all kind of grew up together, went to school together. Um, I met Tino, uh, Dino and uh, Tony through my uh, high school friend, uh, uh, Nenad Videka, who was uh, another great uh, um, basketball player and played uh, all over Europe. So uh, I remember those times when they were just uh, young, teenagers, 16, 17 years old, and going to um, tournament um, all over uh, Europe. Um, and uh, nobody really thought at that time about what's going to happen and, or knew what's going to happen, but um, everyone was uh, just um, happy to be doing something, you know. Then um, Goran Ivanishevich, he was a couple of years younger than us, um, I used to see him all the time um, at Firole um, tennis court, practicing. Um, Robert Yarny, he went to high school with me. Um, he was then just starting um, to play soccer with um, Junior Hajduk, but eventually he became um, one of the greatest soccer player, uh, Croatian soccer, soccer player. Um, and so many others. I mean, Split produced so many world-class uh, water polo players. Um, I have uh, one of my best friends until today. She was a uh, um, great uh, handball player playing all over the Europe. And uh, she was twice uh, um, uh, European champion. And I mean, on and on and on. There were so many of them that um, it was absolutely normal to to have all these people around you and uh, have your high school friend going to world championship and coming back with the gold uh, so um a very interesting um time uh, and um i never really pay attention much to that uh, none of us we thought it was normal but now looking back uh, and knowing better, I just realized how um, tremendous talent was coming out from that small area. Uh, and um, those teenagers uh, didn't even know what's going to happen in a few years. They're going to become those huge international stars and play for NBA and um, go winning um, you know, world championships and Olympics. Um, it's amazing. It's it's uh, it's unbelievable to think that so much talent came from a small area. 
Yeah, that's and incredible. Still, that's still happening. I mean, uh, for some reason, you know, um, at that time, uh, a lot of them came at the same time. I guess maybe country was opening more towards the West and uh, international scouts start looking into that area. But um, it's when you think about it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, growing up with all those, you know, people who ended up to be, you know, world-class, world-famous athletes, is that what sparked your interest in bodybuilding or did that come no, later? Not, not <laughs> at all. I, I discovered my talent 50 years later. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not 50, but, you know, um, no, not at all. I was never athletic person. I um, not even in the school in in high school and uh, elementary school. I would just play regular sports as a part of PE, but uh, um, was never ambitious or competitive enough to um, join the team and be serious about anything. Even though I always consider myself to be athletic, but um, not in in that way. You know, as a um, athlete or professional athlete so um when this happened for me I was surprised too that actually you know, uh, I have a talent for something um and that I actually uh, enjoy it and um, uh, that I st stuck with it you know until now um so not at all I became uh I started bodybuilding at age 45, which wow. <laughs> it's pretty late, <laughs> even for American standards. <laughs> what's the what's the usual age that people start in female bodybuilding or in oh, general bodybuilding? Earlier, the better. We have, you know, girls who are just turning 18 and they're already, you know, starting to compete in a, um, NPC, which is a amateur league. Um, and uh, most of them are between, you know, in their 20s, uh, early 30s. Uh, but now, last few years, this sport, especially female bodybuilding, a um, couple of divisions like bikini di the division, uh, became really, really popular, especially with all this uh, internet and, uh, you know, people posting their videos, um, fitness and exercises. Uh, it really took off and um, uh, not only with the young uh, crowd, but with um, older um, women, uh, 40 and up. Uh, I remember when I started um, in 2016, uh, master class, which are masters are 40 and plus, uh, were good, but not as good as today. They were kind of just starting to come out uh, and the quality was not um, that great. But uh, last couple of years, actually last three, 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 four years, it really took off. It became so competitive and quality of athletes um, is just unbelievable that they can easily you know stand next to girls who are in their 20s and um, and be competitive and sometimes even win against them so that's the one of the reasons why um, uh, ibb pro league decided to bring master olympia 
back after 11 years because it was canceled, uh, I don't know, 11 years ago, they tried and didn't work. So, um, but now with uh, such a huge number of uh, quality athletes, um, they brought it back and uh, uh, we are going to have Master Olympia in um, August um, in Romania. And I was lucky enough to be chosen uh, amongst 20 other um, bikini girls to compete uh, for, um, you know, uh, for the title. So I'm so thrilled. <laughs> I still can't believe that this is happening because uh, seven years ago when I was starting, that was never even a dream or ever crossed my mind that I would be even professional athlete. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, what was your goal seven years ago, you know, when you first started? Did you want to compete right away or did you sort of build into that later? No, I, I actually didn't know anything about bodybuilding um, at that time. And um, I stumbled into competing by chance. Um, it was one of those things, you know, you do something and then leads you to another thing and you just uh, uh, slowly progress. And um, for me, uh, it was um, um, after my divorce um, and especially my kids, um, you know, growing, um, leaving the house, going to college, you kind of try to find a new identity. And um, I start working out um, at home just for fun, just to you know feel good about myself. Um, I did it for about a year and I really liked it. So I, um, at that time also, I started um, my fitness uh, Facebook page, which became uh, really quickly pop popular today. I have uh, about, um, 100,000 women following me. And they are mostly from uh, Yugos um, former Yugoslavia area um, because I speak and, and write in Croatian. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I was doing that and because I was giving them advices and showing them exercises, I kind of felt like uh, I need to educate myself a little bit more. So. I got my uh, uh, license to be personal. I went to took a course, uh, became personal uh, uh, trainer, and um, also at the same time start working as a personal trainer in LA Fitness uh, Gym, um, where one of my uh, managers she used to compete. So she just kind of mentioned it to me, um, like, uh, well, you look good and you know, you should uh, try you to compete. Uh, did you ever compete it? And I never ever even knew about that. It was completely, uh, that world for me was completely unknown. So um, she gave me a website to check. Um, I looked into it and more I was looking more I liked it and I say, you know what, um, let me enter one competition just to see how it is and to motivate myself to be a little bit more strict with my training and my diet. So I just prepared myself for 12 weeks, entered the show and did pretty well. I took a third place on my first show, <laughs> uh, regional show, you know. And um, um, 
I was so clueless at the time that I didn't even know how to pose on the stage. I would look at girls in front of me, what they're doing, and then just kind of wing it. So um, I really liked the, the whole experience. It was very professionally done. Uh, top athletes were competing in the IFBB Pro League section. So my boyfriend, when he saw that, he was amazed because he thought I'm just going for some little um, show somewhere in some high school and it's going to be like just um, you know disaster. But when he saw the quality and when he saw the athletes who were competing there, he just loved it so much because he used to do bodybuilding when he was um, in Marines. And uh, he was the one who uh, kind of pushed me to continue, you know, to, to at least have a couple of more shows. And um, um, at that time, I hired the personal, uh, I mean, I, I tried, uh, hired the coach, uh, which is very important, you know, if you want to compete, uh, even in amateur league, um, doing it on your own is really not, not enough. And I went from there, you know, once I start working with the coach, I already next uh, competition won my first class. Um, and we did a couple of shows. Uh, I also, again, won my class and overall. And at that time I was already qualified just by winning uh, to go compete national nationally. So one year later, exactly actually one year later from my first competition, uh, I went to Pittsburgh, uh, compete on a national uh, uh, championship. And I not only won my pro card, but I won two pro cards and I won overall. So I was completely stopped and I just thought, oh my God, I'm on top of the world. And um, of course, once I start competing in a pro league, uh, I realize that that's a completely different story and I will have to work much, much harder to get to the point and catch up with the girls who were already competing in a, in a pro league. So um, that's how it started. It's just one thing led me to another and I never planned or uh, expected to be in this sport for this long and this seriously, you know? So um, it was a great, great, I mean, it's still a great experience. Sorry for the interruption, but this episode is sponsored by me and the book I wrote, All Things Croatia, From Los Angeles to the Homeland. I talk about growing up in the Croatian diaspora and ultimately moving to Croatia to further connect with my roots. It's available on Amazon as an ebook if you want to check it out. Now back to the episode. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what goes into the competition as far as, you know, what takes place? How, how does the competition work? I've never really watched any, um, you know, bodybuilding competitions. What goes on during them? How do well, the judges rank you? How does it work? It's a, it's a very long process. You know, bodybuilding is a um, um, 24 hour sport. You know, you live, it's not just you train, 
and that's it. Uh, you, you really have to live bodybuilding, which means you know, what you eat, how much you rest, uh, uh, how much you train, everything takes in account and, and doesn't stop. There is no season, you know, we call it on and off season, but that actually doesn't mean in off season, you don't do anything. You actually try train very hard. It's just that when you are off season, you're kind of building your physique. And then when it's the on season, you are starting to get ready to to compete and compete. So um, usually um, my off season would be like six months where I'm building muscle. And then next six months, I'm kind of slowly getting ready, leaning out and getting ready for a show. And then you compete for maybe three, four months. So uh, it used to be like six months off, six months on, but um, this last year I took um, uh, almost, it's going to be like 10, 11 months uh, in between my competitions. Um, I competed last year at the world championship where I won. And I just felt like um, I need to build more of my lower body. So we decided to take a long off season to you know, work on that. Um, and just it happened that at, in middle of my off season they announced uh, comeback of Master Olympia. So I was so happy because I was already working on on improving my physique for next year. And um, so usually um, once you are you decide on a show that you want to do. Um, probably around 12 to 16 weeks before show starts, you start with a really rigorous train, not only training, but um, lifestyle, which means um, your social life is starting to, you know, go to zero. There is no going out to restaurants, uh, um, traveling and anything that will disturb your routine. It has to kind of uh, slowly, um stop um by the time you are like 10 six weeks away from show it's basically eat sleep and train um on um on a show day um depends when you where you are going sometimes competition is only one day sometimes it's uh, two days um it's very stressful um because you usually travel, travel, um, you know, in other states to compete, um, and uh, you know, with um, strict uh, um, diet and um, very little water on the day of competing, uh, it can be. It is very stressful. Uh, not only. Uh, uh, on your body, but mentally and emotionally. And um, on a day of um, competition, uh, you just wake up early in the morning, uh, do makeup and hair. Uh, you do tan one night before um, and just uh, wait <laughs> for your time to go on the stage. Um, so we do all of this basically 24 hours uh, a day uh, for a very long time, sometimes years, 
just for few minutes uh, on the stage, you know. Yeah, that's, um, that sounds crazy to me almost. But, it is crazy. <laughs> but it's worth it. it. Uh, well, it's definitely worth it because um, bodybuilding teaches you a lot of things. I mean, I have completely changed uh, the way of uh, thinking and, and um, since I became uh, involved with the bodybuilding, um, you have to be super de disciplined. You have to, you know, stick to um, certain routine, which is very, very boring to most people. Uh, you eat same things over and over again, and not too many people can do that. It's very mental, um, not only physical. I would say that mental. It's even more mental than physical because everyone can go to gym for. Um, uh, you know, one hour, couple of hours, whatever, and, you know, you go home and uh, then do whatever you want. But uh, when you're a bodybuilder, you cannot do that. It's uh, like a very strict re regime. You eat every three hours. Um, you need to get enough sleep, uh, rest, uh, because this is when your body is actually repairing and building. Um, and as you age, of course, that's, that becomes more and more difficult. Uh, it takes more time to build your muscle when you are older. Uh, it takes more time to recover when you are older. Um, and I'm amazed, you know, um, and respect all, every single person who does that and stick to that uh, uh, plan because it's, it's not easy. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't sound like it's easy at all. Uh, yeah. I you mentioned to me the other day, Mary, that female bodybuilding can be, you know, misunderstood uh, by some people. Can you talk about that a little bit and what you meant by that? Well, it's mi misunderstood by uh, most people, uh, especially uh, in Croatia. I mean, because sport is not very popular over there and especially female uh, bodybuilding. Um, when you say female bodybuilder in um, Croatia or anywhere in the world they automatically think about like uh, bodybuilders uh, women bodybuilding category um, of women uh, what what I mean by that there is there are different uh, divisions in uh, female and and male uh, bodybuilding um, competitions um, it goes from a bikini which is very um, uh, still feminine and um, somebody would say okay these uh, people don't work really hard it's uh, just a little definition of muscle and it's more like a fitness look um, then you have a wellness which uh, are girls who have a larger heavier uh, lower body so they develop really big legs um, their legs are bigger um, and then upper body. Uh, then you have a figure and physique, and at the end you have a bodybuilder women. So uh, when you talk about bodybuilding, people usually always go and think about that division. And they don't like it because they don't like the overly masculine uh, look uh, um, on a woman. And a lot of people, believe that women should not lift the weights. So, 
this is now changing a lot uh, with these new uh, divisions becoming so popular, especially uh, bikini division and uh, wellness. Um, now everyone wants to compete, everyone wants to be fitness model and uh, uh, it became um, like uh, almost, uh, there is no person who uh, on internet, uh, on I, uh, Instagram, who doesn't post their, you know, pictures from the gym and uh, workouts. Uh, but uh, if you are doing it professionally, uh, it's a not, not easy task. It's, it's very uh, demanding. And I think one of the most difficult sports out there. I'm sure, definitely, yeah. Well, it's good to hear that the it's sort of becoming more mainstream and, um, you know, more popular, more people are doing it. Uh, Mary, you know, I'm looking forward to your event, the Olympia in Romania this August, this summer. Um, that's going to be really awesome. And I just have a couple of quick, uh, very short questions for you as we wrap up here. Um, just three or four quick questions. First one is, have you been back to Croatia lately or do you have any plans to go uh, sometime in the future? Uh, last time I was there in winter of 2019, I think, 19. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened and um, uh, last couple of years, I'm just so busy with training that I can't take time to go there. Um, most of my uh, competitions are in the summer time um, so when I want to go to Croatia I can't because I'm competing and in the mm -hmm. winter time I it's very difficult you know to go there and um, uh, it's cold um, I kind of <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah well, you're in Los I, I avoid going there in the, in the winter time but um uh, I love going to Croatia and I have been postponing it. Uh, my, I have friends, uh, very good friends uh, from my childhood uh, still there. And um, they're a little bit upset with me because every year I tell them next summer, next summer. And uh, I keep competing and competing. So hopefully next summer <laughs> uh, or maybe this coming winter, um, we'll see. But definitely I have plans to go there. I love going to Croatia. Awesome. Yeah, on that note, I have one more Croatia-related question and then one final question after that. What makes Croatia so special? Uh, well, and we, we have everything, you know, from uh, great weather, uh, from um, beautiful um, islands and uh, sea, uh, um, all that... Um, Coast Croatian Dalmatia and Croatian coast. It's a beautiful, um, still almost untouched, and uh, um, people can um, take a boats and go from island to island um, and feel like they are somewhere far away where there is no people. You know. Um, then we have um, uh, mountains. We have. Um, uh, beautiful national parks i mean we, we do have everything and uh, food is good people are nice uh i always hear only good thing about tourists coming back from croatia especially in last few um, last maybe 10 years when uh, um, croatia became uh, uh, international destination yeah. 
um, split had kind of completely changed. Um, uh, I, I'm amazed uh, how much it changed from the time I used to live there. So um, um, I, I think uh, if you want to go anywhere in summer in Europe, uh, Croatia is must. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Of course. And split as well in Croatia is definitely a must. Yeah, especially with the young people. I hear a lot from young people. They, they love to go to split and uh, all those islands and party scenes. So um, it seems like um, that's going to continue because the more and more people have Croatia on their bucket list. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. Well, Mary, it's been an honor having you on the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to come on and really looking forward to uh, the next competition from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was great talking to you.